Malachim, all of you listeners of this great station. This is Rabbi Elbaz. I'm going to be talking about the parasha we read yesterday, Parashat Vayera. Actually, Parashat Vayera and the next parasha, Parashat Bo, both deal with the plagues against Mitzrayim, against Egypt. Seven plagues are described in Parashat Vayera, and the last three are described in Parashat Bo. Now, there is a famous question. Perhaps you could you would discuss this on Pesach night with your children. Why Hashem had to bring ten plagues on Egypt? Why why all ten? Now each plague lasted for a week, and then there was three weeks of rest, and then next plague, which means one month per plague, with a total of ten months. Now this actually delayed the Bnei Israel from leaving Egypt for almost a year. Now Hashem could have done it differently. He could have brought only one plague, but for a longer period of time. Instead of one week, maybe one month or six weeks. And the same result would have been accomplished. Take, for example, the plague of Barad. Barad is hail. That's like pellets of frozen rain that fall in showers. And sometimes those pellets may be heavy and deadly. And the worst part of it is that this hail was mixed with flaming fire, which in itself was a miracle because fire and water don't mix. And here they did mix somehow. Now, how long can the Egyptian people live in such weather condition continuously? No one can go outside. Stores are closed. It's freezing inside. People can't go to the next. They can't go out to the grocery store and buy themselves the staples or even water. People would starve and die. If Hashem had brought upon the Egyptians only this one plague for six weeks. Pharaoh would definitely call it quits. He would give up and definitely let the Bene Israel go. But Hashem did not do that. He didn't, he didn't take that path. Hashem punished Messiah with ten plagues. Only one week per plague, which dragged on for almost a year. Why did Hashem chose to do it that way? To answer this question, we have to understand the underlying reason for the plagues in the first place. Now, there are two reasons why Hashem brought the, the plagues. Okay, one is to punish Messiah for overworking the Bnei Israel, making their life bitter and miserable and killing the children. So that would eventually force him to let the Bnei go out of Egypt. But there is another reason, which perhaps is even more important. And that is to teach a lesson to the Bnei Israel, to show them that Hashem is the all-powerful 
to demonstrate to them the omnipotence of Hashem in every possible way. The Hachamim give an example. Like a child is unruly in, in school, in class in school. And the uh, teacher wants to punish him. But the mother of the child comes to the teacher and says to him, oh, look, my son is a very sensitive kid. He cannot, he cannot stand punishment. Please, no, don't punish, leave him alone. So the uh, teacher says to the mother, look, when he's in the room, what shall I do? So she said, you know what? Take another child who's unruly and sit my child next to him. And then when the other child whose parents are not, you know, uh, they don't mind so much, when you punish him, hit him, whatever, then my son will see it and he will take a lesson from that. And it will be enough for him. This is what Hashem was doing here. He was punishing the Egyptians. And the Bnei Israel had no place whatsoever. But they were watching what was, going to happen, what was happening to the Egyptians. And by watching, they learned the lesson of the great might and power of Hashem. Hashem wanted to implant in their heart to instill on their mind an emunah, a faith in Him that will last forever. So, Hashem showed, showed the Bnei Yisrael how He can control every area of the world. If He gave only hail, barad, that's only one area. Hashem says to the Bnei Yisrael, I can control any place, anything, any creature. Like, let's go over them. Dumb, blood. Hashem shows he controls the waters, the rivers. He brings blood into the river. And the Egyptians have no water to drink. And they're powerless, they can do nothing. Even more than that. If a Jew was drinking from a cup of water and the Egyptian would grab it from him, he will become bloody again. So Hashem shows his power over the rivers and the waters. Sephardia, the frogs. Hashem controls creatures in the water. He can make frogs obey him, go everywhere in the land, in the homes, even in their ovens. Kinim, Hashem controls every tiny insect, not only in the water, but also on dry land. They came from the land. He brought life from earth. Can you imagine an Egyptian walking around with hundreds of lice all over him? Terrible. Arov, Hashem can also control the large wild animals that come from the forest. All kinds of animals. So even the wild animals listen to the Borea Olam's command, invade the land and homes of the Egyptians. Deber, pest. Hashem controls animals, not just in the forest, but also in inhabited land. Hashem has in his hands the power to launch 
an epidemic against domesticated animals and control their life. Shehin boils, that's a human being. Hashem controls the human body. The Boreal now can bring sickness or health on people. Barad, hail. Hashem controls the weather. He can bring rain or shine at will at any time. Arbe, Hashem controls the flying creatures in space and brings them or gets rid of them at will. Oshech, yes, Akadosh Baruch controls luminaries in heaven. He has control over the sun, the moon, the stars in heaven. He can shut their light at any time. And finally, the biggest one of all, Makat Bechorot. This is the ultimate. Hashem controls life and death of the human being. All this to show the Bnei Yisrael has all the controls in the entire world. Not just one plague, not just in one area, but everywhere. After all, the whole purpose of Isiat Mitzrayim is what? If, to eventually receive the Torah. So Hashem wanted the Bnei Israel to recognize first, acknowledge the vast power of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so that they will readily accept the Torah. That's one point. Another point I would like to bring is, has to do with Paro. Listen what the Torah says about the plague of Debe. Debe is like an epidemic. Epidemic. Against whom? Against the cattle. So, the Torah says like this. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's hand is going to be going against the cattle. Asher Basadi in the field. Basusim, the horses, the donkeys, the camels, the cattle, the sheep. Deber kaved me'od. It's going to be pestilence that was very heavy, very strong. And you know what? You, Paro, the king, was sitting on that throne there. Behifla Hashem. Ben mikne Yisrael. Ben mikne Misayim. HaKadosh was going to make a separation. There'll be Dever on your cattle, your king, but none against the, the cattle of the Bnei Israel. Velo yamut mikol Bnei Israel nothing. And Akalju did that, he did. Vayamut kol mikne Mitzrayim. All the cattle of Mitzrayim was dead. Not even one. Okay, so now, Paro sees all his cattle is gone, right? But he doesn't believe that only his is gone. Maybe the Bnei Israel also was gone. What does he do? He sent messengers. Go check. I want you to verify if this is true, that none of the cattle, you know, has done. They're all still alive and, and healthy. Go check. They come back with a report. Nothing. Not one. So what would, you, what would you expect now? What would you expect? 
His cattle is gone. Hashem did that quickly. And Hashem made a separation. He verified that none of the Bnei Israel had died. What would you say? Oh, oh, this man, finally, finally, he's going to get it. That, that, that this is the, the hand of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And finally listen and send the Bnei Israel out. But that's not what he says. Immediately after that, his heart hardened and he did not send the people. Can you imagine? He verified it. He saw. Everything is true. And instead of giving up, what did he do? Again. He saw Hashem was right. Isn't that stupid of his? He didn't care about his people. His people are going to be dying. He doesn't care. There'll be more and more plagues. He doesn't care. But this is what it is with evil people. The Torah is teaching us something. Evil people, when they have power in their hand, they don't see beyond their nose. They become blind. And that's partially their downfall. They don't look at the future consequences of their actions. Even though, we, you know, the, uh, where it says in Pirkei Abot, You want to be wise, look what the consequences of your actions are. As far as they're concerned, if it's okay for them personally, that's okay. They don't believe. doesn't matter. I'm okay, I'm fine. Paro is okay now, he's fine. So what if the cattle of his whole nation? As far as he's concerned, he's got a palace, he's got, he's got whatever he wants. The others, who cares? This is the same with all the mahshimam, the dictators that were evil people. Take Hitler in mahshimu Now he had many successful conquests all throughout Europe. He conquered many countries in Europe. But that was not enough for him. Not satisfying. He had a whole empire. He wanted more. But by wanting more, he knows thousands of his soul are going to die. It doesn't matter. He doesn't care about the others. He didn't care how many his soul would die. He was okay in his own place. Himself, he was okay. That's all it counts. And that, that was his downfall. So what does he do? Oh, Russia has a huge land. He wants Russia. He attacks Russia. And what happens? He failed. He failed at the Battle of Stalingrad. All right, so now, now you failed. So stop. You still have the whole empire. Stop. They wouldn't stop. They wouldn't do that. Keeps on fighting. He becomes blind with power. He's like God. He, he can't lose. How could he possibly lose? Stop and killing your own people. Do you know how many Germans died 
in World War II? Take a guess. Approximately six million. Well, Baruch Hashem, had Nekama on him. He murdered six million Jews in cold blood. Well, Hashem took vengeance and approximately six million Germans also died. Look what happened by the frogs. It's Fadea. Hashem killed all the frogs, right? After one week, you know, they killed them. Then it says, Vayar Paro ki hayita harvaha. What does that mean, hayita harvaha? What does that mean? It was a relief. What do you mean relief? Either the frogs were gone or not. What do you mean relief? Are they gone and gone? They're there. There's no relief. Ah, what happened was like this. This particular plague was different from the, all the others. In what sense? I'll tell you. In other plagues, when Hashem stopped them, they were gone. Barad, hail. When Hashem said, no more barad, no more hail. That's it. Out of wild animals. When Hashem said, no more wild animals, that's it. They went back to the forest. Okay? The blood in the river. When Hashem said, no more, that's it. The river became okay. But by the frogs, there was something different. Why? Because they were dead. That's okay. They were dead. So, they were still there. They didn't disappear. And Egypt stank all over. He didn't care about the others. He had relief. That's what I To him, that's it. Me, I can get a thousand people to clean up the mess in my palace. I'll be fine. The others, who cares? He had relief. That's enough. His people will be living in a stench. Doesn't matter. That is evil people. They don't care about us. Only about themselves and their own future. You know, let me tell you a case from the Torah about an evil person and a case where we had a saintly person. I don't know how many of you are very well read in the Tanakh, but in Melachim Bet, there was over there, it tells us about Atalia. Who was Atalia? She was the daughter of Ahab. But then she married the son of Yehoshaphat, who was from Malchai Yehuda. Ahab was from Malchai Israel in the north. So she came, being she married him, so she came to, to the south to live with her husband. Now, why did Yehoshaphat, who was a righteous king, even get involved with Ahab, who was evil and Rasha, and his and Atalia, his daughter was evil. Why did he get involved? Well, he thought perhaps, perhaps he might have peace between them. Maybe he'll convince Ahab to stop Abu Dazara. Maybe he had some uh, good reasons for it. Then work out that way. What did Atalia do? Her son was killed. There was a reason for that, whatever. But then she said to herself, wait a minute. 
what's going to happen now is that the kingship is going to pass on to someone from Shlomo Amelech uh, uh, offspring and she'll be in the dumps, right? You know what she did? She killed all the descendants of Shlomo Amelech, all of them, except for one that she didn't know about. A baby, Yoash, she didn't know about. Who later on became the king. Listen, Rabbi, look what evil is. And these are, this is Jews also. Our Torah never hides anything. It tells us the, the, who was bad and who was good. It tells us. Cain and Heber. It didn't have to tell us how bad murderer was Cain, but it, that tells us, tells us everything. Now look at Moshe Rabbeinu Shalom. Look at the difference in leaders. Moshe Rabbeinu, before even he became a leader, he goes out one day, he felt bad. He felt the pain of his brethren. Then what happens? One day he goes around, he sees two Hebrews fighting. Bothers him. How could you be fighting? You a Jew with another Jew. Bothers him. The next day, a guy, an Egyptian, beating a Hebrew. Huh? He kills the Egyptian. He cannot stand injustice. Beating. Why beating a Jew? Why? Not even more so, he goes to Midian, and now you have a goy against a goy. The shepherds or goyim chasing, and perhaps even according to some opinion, beating the daughters of Yitro. And he jumps on them, chases them out. Now, this is a goy against a goy, right? We're getting involved. Because he had that sense of justice in his heart. You cannot do something. You cannot look at injustice and stay and, and keep it. He cares about the others. He cares about his people. He tried very hard throughout his lifetime to pray for them and save them from the wrath and anger of HaKadosh Baruch Even after the Egev, Prayed for them. Again, can you can you believe this? People just recently saw the the ten plagues. They saw the splitting of the sea. They went to Egil. How horrible that is! But he still prayed for them. It was his people. And Akedush Baruch said, "Yeah." See, I, this is the thing that we have to understand. Why Akedush Baruch brought? This, this, this is the ten plagues and not one? Because Hashem wanted the Bnei Israel to recognize the, the, the great power, the infinite power of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and how, what a leader is, what a good leader is, what an evil leader is.
A good leader is the one who cares about his own people, about his own nation. Shavua Tov to all of you. HaKadosh Baruch Hu should help us all. And we should all be united together, care about our people, care about, about our families and our community. And Be'ezat Hashem, that will bring us Mashiach Sitkenu Amen. And just want to remind you, the great station here, if you can contribute and help out, please do so. And if you have any simha, please call us at our office. Have a beautiful hall. I'm sure we can accommodate any happy occasion that you have.